Good morning and welcome back to the Living Every Now podcast, where we try and learn the tools and ideas to help us be the most present, happiest, and healthiest versions of ourselves. My name is Jake. And my name is Will. And today we're going to talk about a little living dichotomy, humility versus confidence. Okay. How are you doing this morning, Will? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing excellent. I'm doing excellent. We have our typical chit-chat before we started this. Um, so I just wanted to check check the pulse of the room before we got started, but I'm ready. Okay, let's I'm get into su- it. I'm super excited. I'm standing, by the way. So <laughs> um, I don't I don't have a main thesis, but what I what I do know is that in practice, um, I feel like one or the other is probably more natural for you depending on your upbringing or something like that. So you either are more confident and struggle with humility or you're more humble and you struggle with confidence. And I think they they sort of sit at the ends of those spectrums. I'm not sure if they're mutually exclusive, but I wanted to uh, bring the question up because I was curious as to maybe where you, what your relationship was with those things and sort of establish through this conversation that they're both extremely important. And I think as I've learned more balance with both of these things, I've become a better version of myself. And so that's why I want to talk about it. Okay. I've never thought about them as a dichotomy, really. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean they're not. I don't know. For me, I guess I've, throughout different parts of my life, independently been good or bad at both of them. So I don't know. Okay. So did you, did you, I guess based off your rearing, would you say that you were inherently more one or the other? Um, my mom like taught me to be really humble and she didn't teach me to not be confident. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if they're like a dichotomy really, Uh or they're not always a dichotomy because I think humility actually comes from confidence right right true true confidence at the end of the day yeah like yeah. you you don't have to be I, I guess whatever the opposite of humble is braggy yes if you're actually confident yeah cocky yeah yeah um so that's that's kind of what i wanted to get at with this conversation okay. is that there is a fine line and the further you delve into it, I think a more clear distinction, but at least topically, a fine line between arrogance and self-confidence. And arrogance is really opposed to humility, not necessarily confidence. But I think if we can make that distinction, then we can move forward with both in a more accurate way. I think confidence and arrogance look the same? I think they can to the untrained eye. Okay. So I think when you start really having some sort of self-confidence in yourself and you can get true self-confidence through a number of ways, which we should explore. Uh, and I think, I think that's like putting yourself out there, for example, um, taking risks. Mm. Jiu-jitsu is a really good way um, because you fail and it's only on you or you succeed and it's only on you. So you're, you're, you're constantly learning both humility and confidence in, in a role like that. Um, but what I'm getting at is that I think an un somebody untrained in in their pursuit of true confidence can mistake what they're doing and 
come off as very arrogant or truly be arrogant on their pursuit of confidence. Because I, I, I guess another thing I'm getting at is that I don't know if I started out explicitly with true confidence. I started out, um, especially in some areas of my life, with more of an feigned confidence and I thus an arrogance, I think. And, and so I think there's a clear separation between uh, sort of like fake confidence and real confidence. So to me, fake confidence is arrogance, but fake confidence doesn't look anything like real confidence. Real confidence looks like humility mm. and anyone who's like outwardly confident, but not humble. Yeah. I, like that's the surefire way of knowing that they're not actually confident. Yeah. Again, it's like a, it's like a anti signaling almost. It's like mm-hmm. when you see them look like this, it's actually, a, it's actually a really strong signal that they're not actually yeah. like that. I, I think that, arrogance and confidence actually don't look anything like each other that's that's fair enough i just i guess i just i think i learned that though mm-hmm. kind of through people's actions i what is what i'm getting at i didn't necessarily know that off rip okay and, and that's that's kind of what i'm getting at is like the untrained eye is not necessarily seeing that and that maybe the lamborghini and the blank 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 all look like a really strong signal for self-assurance instead of arrogance and and not 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 to say those things are explicitly arrogant but i think there's like a very different signal from uh the wealth that bill gates has versus the wealth that maybe i don't know whomever figure you can point (laughs) out that has a lot of like material possessions Mm -hmm. um so i was i the reason i brought this conversation up was because i was listening to a jay shetty podcast uh with russ and it's kind of the first time I found out about Jay Shetty. I think you should check him out if you haven't. He interviews some really cool people. I think I showed you his website. Um, but he has like a really great interview with Kobe, uh, Kobe Bryant, right before he passed. And was talking about his um, writing endeavors and uh, just how brilliant Kobe Bryant actually is. I, I really didn't even understand that before that podcast. But anyway, he sits down with Russ and... We by now we're, it's sure it's sure fire that I'm a Russ fanboy, but Russ talks about how in the world of creativity, how important that self confidence was for him to even like it was almost so overbearing that it could come off very arrogant and and imp- what he described as an important step for him to even kind of learn humility through that. And, and this could, you know, we don't, I don't know how to judge that. I don't know. Oh, that's just arrogance or whatever. But I, I think I really identify with having a sort of unfeigning self-confidence that no one can tell you otherwise, because I know on the pursuit of the mission I'm on, like mastery in music and trying to be a professional musician there's so many opportunities for people to tell you that this is a crazy idea and so many opportunities where even the people very closest to you doubt you. And I've literally had every single person in my life. I'm not, I don't actually don't know about you, but I've had every single loved one doubt me on this pursuit at some point or another. And I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. I'm very appreciative for their concern. It's ultimately out of love. They don't want me to be a failure, but you, I, I guess, on the pursuit of great heights, you need some sort of crazy self confidence, and th- I, I agree with Russ. 
in him saying that. How do you think you get self-confidence if you're not first good at something? Like, how like, do you give yourself the right. confidence to continue in a pursuit of mastery, even though you're not a master yet, but you know, you want to be. Yeah. And, and this, this is kind of, um, a good point because you're not doing mastery work at the beginning and you're saying, I believe I will the whole time. You're saying, I believe I will be a master at this the whole time. And everybody's like, that beats shit, bro. Like, (laughs) no. (laughs) So when you're in that stage, is it actually confidence that you have? Like, do you think that your beats are good and it's important to think that your beats are good? Yeah. I don't think that, I actually don't think that's as important. I don't think it's necessarily, maybe this isn't even confidence conversation. Yeah, so what is, what is the, I don't know. How does this self-confidence manifest? I think it's, I think it's self-belief more than anything. I guess I'm kind of figuring out that that's separate right near right, right the second. Okay. But you have to, if you're going to pursue something of this magnitude that has such a high failure rate, maybe even if you wanted to start a restaurant, restaurants succeed less than 20% of the time statistically. So it's not a high chance of success. Maybe it's baseball. Great. The greatest batters in history hit the ball three out of seven times or three out of 10 times. And that's, that's a hall of fame. Like if you do that for your entire career, three out of 10 swings or three out of 10 pitches, three out of 10 times they get on base three out of 10 times that they get to, okay. They get to hit. Okay. Um, and that's, that's a 70% failure rate. We're not used to that in like school. For example, mm-hmm. like we're trained our whole lives not to deal with that sort of um, yeah. statistic success. So what what you have to do in order to, I think, be able to achieve something like that is the ability to persist through failure and constantly iterate through failure. And I think the the thing that drives you through that, at least what did for me until I genuinely did genuinely did feel confident about my music was in my baseball swing in my in in like whatever other area of my life um was a self-belief that i will be great later so maybe there's something there with i guess the communication of the thing you're trying to pursue because in baseball no one looks at someone who hits the ball three out of ten times as a failure because everyone hits it that at that level Mm. and in music you know, no one looks at someone in the beginning stages as a failure because everyone as a beginner like looks like that. I just, so I I beg to differ just a little bit because it's not so, it's way more localized. It's not an external. That's what I mean. Like musicians don't see musicians in in that light. Baseball players don't see baseball players in those light. Like someone from the outside might not understand the context of that's, it might look like failing, but it's not actually failing. So it's like you have to deal with, the external perspective of people thinking of you as a failure, but you're not. Yes. So, so it is kind of confidence in that way of our persistence through people's perception of you quote unquote failing, but you're not actually failing. Right. So like, like I said, I have to have a very strong North star of self-belief because I've literally had all the people in my life's opinions that matter to me. Tell me, but why do their opinions matter to you if they don't know anything about music? Right. It's what I'm getting at. Okay. So so at the end of the day, you can't let that affect you. 
And I think the only way that happened for me was an unrelenting, I can do it too. And I, I'll say where I got mine. Mine came from studying other people and seeing that they persisted and seeing that they made it eventually. And if you look at most, or at least all the people that I was studying, like I was studying what in my head were greats. So like I was studying J. Cole, I was studying Drake, I studied Jay-Z. Russ is another story, Post Malone, blah, 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 blah. It goes on. But you you very quickly, upon studying their careers and their journeys, realize that most of their music never surfaced and that it's much like Morgan Housel's tail ends, is that mm-hmm. it looks like an overnight success, but really there's 10 years of hard work before that. Yeah. The, How many songs did you say uh, Drake has out? Oh, I don't know. 400 or something? Yeah, something crazy. And he's like, what, like almost 40 years old now? Yeah, he's 35. Yeah. 35? Yeah. Yeah, it and, took him a minute. Yeah, exactly. And he has, I mean, now he's, he could put out a song and it goes platinum, period. Every song. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> that's a pretty crazy uh, statistic. But I think it's easy to see that now and not understand all the hard work. And also, I'm sure Drake had doubters. I'm sure, I'm like, Drake at one point was uh, Jimmy, the wheelchair kid. On Degrassi. No one expected Drake the wheelchair kid on Degrassi to be Drake the rapper. Yeah. Like Aubrey, the bra- the wheelchair kid on Degrassi. He played a kid in a wheelchair? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so I know he talks about early in his career, when you go back in his tapes and, and look at his writings and stuff like that, that he, he's like pissed off about all the people that doubted him as uh, Jimmy, Jimmy's the name of the wheelchair kid. <laughs> so <laughs> he's like, he has several lines and several songs about, uh, they never, they never thought Jimmy would do this or whatever. Um, but it's just cool. And I, I guess we, I wanted to touch on eventually we've, we've had this conversation a couple times. Um, and I, and I keep trying to think about this, but, and I don't have a better answer, but the delusion it's sort of delusional to have that sort of self-belief. I think the self-belief is a bad idea to begin with, just to, so we're clear. Okay. But explain to me or explain to us like your story with deceiving yourself. Yeah. So <laughs> we're talking about being more present, knowing yourself more. And then all of a sudden we're like, lie to yourself. Um, so this is not, <laughs> I don't know how this could be very well just be a coping mechanism to deal with, people's opinions honestly okay just to be completely fair okay um which ultimately it was so this first my first experience was this was being a i think everybody at some level cares more about people's opinions than they let on at especially in development times of their life for example middle school or high school those are like important times in a child's life that their peers start to have opinions about them that affect the way that child feels, correct? For the most part. In when I was in middle school, was sort of my first battle with this. It was sixth grade, and I was still chubby and I wasn't hadn't like quite grown out of my baby fat. And I just got made fun of it for a a lot because I was still the same charismatic person and got along well with people and had 
uh, friends that were girls, and I understand. <laughs> My guy. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, I understand, like, why I was targeted is what I'm getting at. But I was, and it affected me. And my parents were like, like everybody's got uh, opinions, and everybody's got assholes, and they all stink or something like that. I forget what the saying was. But basically, they were alluding to the fact that nobody's opinion matters. And the only thing that matters is what you think about yourself. So they're like, stop caring about what they think. And I'm like, okay. So, so I just, I just, the next day, literally, I was just started telling myself, I don't care what they think. And then the next day after that, I don't care what they think. And the next day after that, I don't care what they think. And sure, sh- surely, after about a year, I don't know the exact time frame, but I think it was about a year. It could have been six months, could have been a year, it could have been a year and a half. Um, I legitimately just didn't care anymore. And it was no longer something I had to tell myself. It was just something I intrinsically felt. And I was moving. I was moving. And it was it was ultimately, I know it's like kind of a fucked up way to go about it, but it ultimately put me in a position to move more confidently and effectively in my own life because I wasn't bogged down by opinions of my peers in any instance. So that was my first instance. And then I start diving into the rhetoric of all these rappers because I told you I was studying them as I was on this sort of pursuit of music. And, and I use this in every area. I, at one point, I was the quarterback of my team, and I was like the most unathletic kid in eighth grade. So coming into ninth grade, high school, it was a shocker to see my transition. I had the arm, but I like didn't have any athleticism. So it was a shocker to see my transition from eighth grade to ninth grade, and like I was on varsity on, in ninth grade, and then starting sophomore year. So but it was the same it was the same mental trick i was doing to myself was like my mom even was like are you sure you want to play football and i'm like yeah i'm going to do this and and then you know lo and behold uh, compound interest takes effect you put in the work and you can do what you set out to do but it was it was coupled with me doing the research finding these other people that have experienced this sort of manifestation slash uh delusional self beliefs slash sort of um cup overflow with self-belief it's like so much self-belief that it's it's sort of contagious and and oh kind of wild to see and then having that knowledge coupled with my own experience of actually giving myself uh those instances of self-belief and then proving it to myself and then that proving provides then a layer of real confidence that proves that when i set my mind to something i can actually do it and then all that together makes me feel like at this point in my life, I literally can do anything. I, I, I quite literally think I can do anything almost to a fault. And yeah, I, but I think that skill is so important because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be on a great mission. I wouldn't be pursuing great heights if I didn't have that mindset. What, what skill are you talking about specifically? Believing in myself ultimately. Okay. Yeah. Believing that I can do it. But I, I, I don't, I think this is sort of rare that there's, there's kind of literally any bar, bar to set, especially reading a book like ultra learning, I think was the book or hyper learning, but ultra where they, learning, ultra learning, where they talk about just dedication to a practice over a set period of time and then achieving a certain level in that practice. It makes, it makes, it makes achieving mastery very practical and not illustrious. And so I realize I have finite time. And that's a, that's the one constraint I pretty much adhere to. And I realize I have like physical limitations because I can't, you know, jump very high given like there's a max jump 
that I'll be able to jump even at my fullest training. Um, but there's very other limit limitations, especially from a creative perspective that you could stop me from thinking I could do. So whether that's flying a plane, I've never flown a plane in my life or becoming a musician or becoming an architect or becoming a furniture designer. All of those things seem very achievable or, or literally changing the world, like leaving the world better than I found it. Very achievable in my mind. And I wanted to bring all this up because it was just, I know it's kind of a weird coping mechanism and like kind of fucked up, but I've seen this trend in other people that I perceive to be great. And I wanted to at least spark the idea in somebody that this might be a, an active pursuit for them. So just so we're clear about what you're saying here, <laughs> the, the core skill you're trying to impart on people is not even a skill, just knowledge that if you want to do something, you can do it. Like, yes. Okay. And a lot of people maybe don't believe that if they have something they want to do, they are the ones who can do it. Yes. Okay. But then we get into the second part of this conversation, which is where I started this conversation, which was confidence versus humility. And at this point, I think, I think when you first acquire this sort of crazy self-belief, it can be very, uh, it's just, it's just emotional. It's not even real self-belief though. Like whatever this tool. Okay. Call it whatever like, are, you want. Are, we, are you talking about when you actually get it or when you first start and you're lying to yourself? When you first start to align yourself, and this is probably why. Okay. Because it's not quite real at the, at the time. Okay. I don't think you should I – don't, I don't know how helpful it is to know it's not real until you prove it to yourself uh, and then gain that confidence. I don't know how useful that is for that person. But what I'll say is, is as you gain real confidence and you really do start to believe in yourself and you literally do think – you are the best out and somebody asks you, are you the best out? I don't think it's unhumble for you to say, I think I'm the best. Now what I <laughs> Hot take. Yeah. Now what I, what I do think is unhumble is when you are no longer coachable, when you no longer are learning from the people around you, when you make other people feel like shit, when you, when you look down upon others, these, these things are not the way. And I just, I just wanted to kind of, Give that tool set, but then also be mindful of the fact that it can be uh, quite dangerous for other people surrounding you. And you, you, need to be, you need to be mindful of how you act. And so something that's always – and reason why I asked how you felt when you were reared is because I've always done way better with self-confidence than humility. And it sounds funny to struggle with humility, but literally – and that's such a blessing, but I – at some point or another tottered this line or teetered on this line of crazy self-belief and then humility after it afterwards. And I, and at the point I am now, I feel <laughs> this is so anti humble to say, but I feel much more humble now. And I think, and much more coachable now and much, and I still have this crazy self-belief and I wanted, I wanted to provide the insight that you can have both and that it's actually, I'm actually moving the most effectively now that I have both because I have the confidence to pursue great heights and I also have the willingness to learn from all those around me and I'm only getting better because of it and I'm more fulfilled in my journey and my pursuit because of it. And that's why I wanted to, I know it's kind of, it's not the most thought out conversation in the world, but it's my brain on display.
I think that's cool. I, I still think that confidence and humility are the same thing. So it, it doesn't, I don't understand what you mean by when you were growing up, you were good at self-confidence, but bad at humility. Cause I don't know what that looks like unless that confidence wasn't really confidence. You were just good at like making people perceive you as confident, but you actually inside were not confident. I don't think it's that, I don't think it's that black and white to be completely fair that we kind of established in the beginning of this conversation, because I did, I definitely had real confidence in a lot of areas and I maybe, maybe that was me overreaching in some areas. And that was like sort of when I was feigning confidence, um, and being arrogant, but I literally would just thought I was good at stuff. And so I would kind of act a little bit more loudly than maybe I would now. And I know that's funny to you, I'm sure, because I used to act louder. Um, but yeah, it's something I'm thinking about and constantly trying to get better at is the humility side. I think it's just, I think it's easy to not like, I feel like I had to be coached humility and I always strove to be humble. And I always strove not to tell people about my accomplishments because Oh, you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. Like I admire my grandfather so much because he just is a badass and nobody has this, like he never tells anybody anything he does. And like, that's, that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at is like, I would, you know, I would be, I would earn the quarterback spot and then I'd be like, I'm the quarterback. <laughs> like I did it. <laughs> you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, that's not, it's not unconfident. Like I, I, pro I, I knew I could do it and I did it and I, I did it. Now I'm like, I did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now is now it's like, I don't need, I don't need to share it as much. Um, and I'm constantly working towards that. So I guess, I guess in a way, in a roundabout way, you're still seeking the validation of others by sharing. And that's what I mean by like, it's yeah. not actually confidence. Like you have the ability, but uh -huh. like well, your ability is like not completely rooted in you. It's like, yeah you know, you still need this external validation. Yeah. I think, and I, I, I mean, dude, I'm an artist. I probably like fundamentally need external validation. Yeah. I'm not like, yeah, I'm not you. I don't think yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a bad thing yeah, at all. For sure. But I'm just trying to, I'm just kind of dissecting my own psyche as I'm, as I'm doing this, um, as always, but I, man, I think, I think there's real layered confidence in seeking to accomplish something and then accomplishing it. But then there's sort of not confidence in having to tell people about it, if that makes sense. So I don't think that I don't want to take away from the accomplishment because I think that that's very real. I think that there's you know, like I I think I can do this and then I do it and then that's how confidence is built. That's in my head. Mm -hmm. um, but then sharing it is where it's like a little weird. Like making a lot of money is one thing. This is what I'm getting back to with Bill Gates. Making a lot of money is one thing, but then having to show everybody that you make a lot of money is weird. Yeah. Right. So I think that that's kind of the balance I, I, I'm trying to reach. And I think my thoughts are a little misaligned, but in a roundabout way, I want, I want you to be confident, truly have, have delusional self-belief or at least understand that tool set. If you are just starting this journey and, and, and need some sort of evidence to, to back a really high pursuit because it's going to be hard. You're going to fail a lot. Everybody in your life is probably going to doubt you at some point. And that's the reason that coping mechanism and or tool set exists. But when you start doing this and you start achieving this, realize that that delusional self-belief can then carry over in a negative way and you start projecting onto other people. And the most important part is that you recognize that and start uh, acting with humility and grace and treating others ultimately with love, I think. Um, but yeah, that's, 
That's it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I'm very hesitant to get on board with that at all. Uh, but I know, I know. We've ha- we, we've had this conversation off record, but I I I also want you to like exp- like if you like poke your holes, I want you to ask me about it. I think lying to yourself is the worst thing you can do to yourself. Yeah. And there's absolutely no situation where lying to yourself makes you better in the long run. If you like have the tool set and you're like thinking about it intentionally mm-hmm. and you, you say, should I lie to myself or should I not lie to myself? Mm-hmm. You, sh- you sh- If you're like having that thought, you should always not lie to yourself. Do you think that, do you think that you can have great aspiring height type level self-belief, like change the world type self-belief. Um, and that that is lying to yourself. Do you think that's lying to yourself? No, oh, okay. but I don't think you need to believe in yourself in order to try stuff out. Interesting. I think you do. I think you have to have a certain level of conf- confidence to try things. I think most like people you, don't. You could want to change the world and work towards that, but not know that you're going to succeed. Like, if if you don't like truly believe in your heart that there's a fifty percent chance of you failing, your goal probably isn't like big enough. Right, but I think the reason I even have this conversation is because I I truly believe that most people live their lives in fear in this realm at least, and that they don't try things out of fear of failure. And that failure is like a very scary thing. But lying to yourself will not make you less fearful in the long run. It works for me. <laughs> if I mean, if that was lying to myself, if that's what we're calling lying to myself, I mean, maybe it was. I don't know. It, it, unless you can see the world clearly and you can see your own flaws clearly, like maybe you lied to yourself, but you didn't actually believe it. Because if you actually believed... You were the best musician in the world. That's not what you're lying about, though. And that's why I'm saying I don't think it's lying to yourself. Is because I'm not saying I'm the best musician in the world. I'm saying I will be the best musician in the world. Like, I genuinely think I will be the best. I still think I genuinely will be the best. And I have my sights set on being the best. So what's the difference between wanting to be the best and believing you will be the best? Like, like I, I don't think there's any... Like, I don't see... Failure as a stopping point. It's it's a hurdle. It's a learning experience. So, so it, I mean, as you long want as, to be the best and you're not going to stop until you are. That's, that's why I than, know I will. Yes. But you still don't know that you will because you might die first. That's, that is a caveat. I could die. Yeah, like you <laughs> might just get old before you become the best. Yeah, but I just don't want to be... I want to be clear that it's not like I'm the best right now. I think when I am the best, I'll probably think I'm the best. But I don't think, but I think I will be the best too. And I all, I honestly think anytime I take a, a situation seriously, that I can be. But in music, I think I will be. I think that that's a different distinction. So I, the the holes I would poke in that is mm-hmm. if your goals are that externally focused, where you being the best in the world inherently requires you comparing yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. I think that that is a dangerous goal to begin with. Fair. Um, And because it requires you to, I guess, 
maybe lie to yourself, maybe deceive yourself in some ways to get there. I mean, maybe you're not actually lying to yourself. You're just believing in yourself. And yeah, I don't know if that's different. I don't know either, honestly, but I, I, I would like to consider it with such with a much more positive. So the way you just framed it, I wouldn't say that that's lying to yourself. You're just saying that you're not going to quit until you achieve your goal. Right. Believing that you can achieve your but goal. But then like when believing people... Believing you can achieve your goal is not bad. Yeah, but then when people hear that, it's very awkward for them. They're like, what? This dude's crazy. You know what I mean? Like when people in college were like, what are you going to do with your life? I'm like, I'm going to be a professional musician. They're like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. You can't see my face, but it was... There's just like a lot of doubt that constantly surrounding um, this pursuit and and it's it's like the more you do it the more humility just becomes important and i guess i guess the i guess you're right like the more truly good you get at it the more humility is easy to come by because it's just i'm good like i don't need to tell you like i i don't need to tell you anything because i know i have this skill set and i like am validated by my own efforts so i don't know it's interesting for sure it's definitely interesting I think there's value in genuinely not caring what people think. A hundred percent. And that happened like a long time ago that I saw unlocked a lot of things for me that a lot of my friends didn't have the opportunity to do. But I, I, that I literally lied to myself for a year and then I did, believed it. So that, I mean, going back to that, I mean, I think we're at some point I'm definitely conflating a lot of ideas here, but that was instrumental in me unlocking all these other things. Cool. I don't know. Yeah, I think my relationship with lying to myself is pretty nil at this moment, but that could be a lie inherently. I don't. I don't. I don't claim to know myself as as best I should. And I. I also fully acknowledge that I could be uh, feigning self awareness as well. And I also. I often feel imposter syndrome about how self aware I am. <laughs> self awareness is hard to know. It. I'm I feel better being in that boat though than thinking I'm self-aware. Yeah, I think you know when you're truly self-aware though. I I think like emotionally I'm really self-aware, but there's a lot of other instances where I'm truly not self-aware. Okay. Like I'm very cognizant of how I feel and I'm very cognizant of how I think I make others feel and like interacting, but we're digressing. Do you think you're aware of how other people perceive you? Like, do that, you, do I'm you think as, your first impressions are what you think your first impressions are? I don't actually think about it a lot because I haven't cared a lot what people think, but I, I think that's an interesting question to ask for sure. So when you say you actually don't care what people think, mm-hmm. I do, think you, do you really believe that? Well, there's, there's obviously like mimetic stuff. Like, on no, a, no, like just specifically with music, like, or, or when, when you were a kid and you told yourself you didn't care what people think. Uh-huh. Did you I, actually truly not well, care what people thought? Well, there's, a, there's an important distinction because some people you should care about what they think, I think. But I think you have to be, you have to learn. I, I guess the progression for that for me was not care what anybody fucking thought first. And then I was like, oh, wait, you know, some people's opinions actually do matter and they're helping me. Some people's opinions sculpt me in a better position but they have to come up with some sort of ethos in my mind to earn that credibility and then be an opinion I care about like for you for example I care about a lot of your opinions because 
I feel like they're backed. I feel like they they carry a lot more weight than a lot of other people in my life. Just because I know you? Well, especially about my diagnosis of myself. Like you, okay. you, you, you probably know me better than most people know me. Yeah. Um, but like, for example, if you told me something about running, what you run way more than I do. So you probably have, and, and meditation, you meditate way more than I do. So you probably have something that I need to pay attention to here. So that thus I should care what you think. But if even I thought, no offense, but like, even if you're like, I hate that music, it's not, that doesn't change the way I'm going to make music. Yeah. But if I have my friends who are 20 years in the music industry and they say something qualitatively about the way I can maybe mix this better, I, I take that opinion, but I've actually had the same people tell me something about the, um, quality of the song for example like i should you know not throw an 808 in randomly right there i was like fuck it i'm doing it like this like this is how i want to do it and i think so i guess at the end of the day it doesn't become not caring what anybody thinks but choosing when and when when you don't care what they think yeah that's actually i think the biggest takeaway from this entire episode is knowing whose opinion to care about for the baseball example yeah only care about the you know the other baseball players whose opinions like they understand what's actually going on there. If you right. only get on base three out of every ten times, mm-hmm. those people understand that's not a failure. Yeah. If you're trying to become a musician, maybe your grandma's opinion about well, you know the length it's taking you to succeed right might not matter because she doesn't she she doesn't know the music industry. She hasn't studied these people or the stories or understand. Uh, I, I guess the vision that you have for it. Uh-huh. So knowing whose opinions to care about, I think is a huge step to avoiding that need, that desire to lie to yourself or the desire for unhealthy levels of confidence, because you don't have to just shun people. You don't have to shun what they think. You don't have to believe in yourself as much. You just have to understand why someone would doubt you yeah, and understand that that opinion of you doesn't actually matter. It took, it took humility and true confidence for me to learn how to do that though too. Yeah. And I didn't get to that point without the self delusion and or yeah. crazy self belief. Well, if you could go back and I save yourself from that, I wouldn't and, do anything. You know, listen to this conversation. Yeah. I wouldn't do anything differently. I would do it exactly the same. And, and what I don't know about that. I would really you wouldn't change anything in your life? I literally wouldn't change anything that happened. Okay. Um but what I wanted to say though is like even like there's an important distinction because even the guy with the super like all the experience in the world in the music industry tells me something about my song. I get to decide whether I want to listen to that or not and it took self-confidence to trust myself over the opinion of the certain thing he said. So like about the 808, for example, and the 808 is like a low frequency instrument um, for for context. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess that comes from too is like he wasn't an artist; he's a mixing engineer. Yeah, so, it's knowing whose opinion to care about. Yeah. So, but like I care about his opinion in other ways, and I even cared about his opinion there. It definitely made me think about it. But at the end of the day, you have to have the confidence to trust yourself, and I think ultimately as a creative, you make the best shit when you trust yourself and you are a little scared. You're a little nervous about the direction you're going and you decide to go there anyway, because that's where you, that's where your heart and mind were leading you. 
Um, but all of that takes confidence and all of that takes humility too. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So I think, I think there's a lot of things we covered. I think there's this tool of self delusional or sorry, delusional self-belief, uh, sort of unfathomable levels of self-belief that I can purport to have seen in, in many of the greatest artists of my time. And thus something I adopted early on in my career now is just part of sort of the fabric of my DNA that I don't even know if is delusional because I I have sort of a fact-based approach to it too. A very logical based approach is like if I dedicate enough time to this with this amount of effort and and the humility to learn from people around me, I know I can be the, the best of all time, even if, even if even I can be the best of all time. Um, but I wanted to kind of talk about that tool and I don't want to take away its credit from my success, despite the holes you may poke in it, despite the fact that it might not be healthy. I, w- I just wanted to address the fact that it, it was helpful for me at a certain time in my life. Now, backed with real confidence um, and self-belief, I think that it's even more crucial to touch on the humility of it all and realize that the validation doesn't come from those around us, but from ourselves and that everyone is a learning opportunity. Everyone deserves respect and love. And that when you start treating people and you're armed and you start treating people with love and you're armed with all these tools, you ultimately are just fucking gunning for your mission. And when you help others succeed around you, it's just so much more rewarding and propels you on your own mission. And when you are able to lift up others in your community, your, your whole community is better because of your pursuit. And so I, I wanted to talk about all of this sort of, and, and I appreciate you sort of making sense of a lot of it. Um, I, I was, I was definitely leaning on you for that. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we did that, but yeah. Um, I thought it was fun, but yeah, that's it, man. That's it. Self-confidence, humility, self-belief. And, and you, what you said, um, knowing when and how to care about people's opinions. Cool. So does that wrap it up? I think so. Awesome. Good episode. Where yeah. can they find us on the internet? Liveinevernow.com. You can join our Discord link in the bio. Check us out on Twitter and, and Instagram at liveinevernow. On Twitter, we share a helpful resource every single day. That's true. Thanks for being here. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Bye.